Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Wednesday Q&A. I'm Eric Griffin, president of ITM Trading. With me, I have Lynette Zhang, our chief market analyst. For those of you who don't know or are tuning in for the first time, we take your, your questions that you submit to us via email to questions at itmtrading.com. Put them up here on the um, screen. You haven't seen any of these questions? So you get a real true yeah. live... Yes, we're live. <laughs> what's the what's the term though? I always say organic, but um, response, live response. It's a live response, my... but non not scripted, spontaneous. 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 Okay, I just wasn't quite sure what you were looking for. Spontaneous response. Yes, spontaneous. All right. So, David sure asks, how do you have, how do you get hyperinflation if you haven't yet seen hyperdeflation? Doesn't it look like the, we might be seeing the hyperdeflation right now? We've got to wait for just a minute. But the hyperinflation is really caused by the loss of confidence more than anything else. I mean, there are obviously factors that lead up to it. So, um, and it is the loss of confidence. And you're absolutely right, David. It's that severe deflationary event, like the stock market imploding, the crypto market's imploding, the real estate market's imploding, you know, the fiat market's imploding, is, that's all deflationary. And uh, we'll, we'll see where the pivot, where the Fed pivots and then starts to inject capital again and then that'll be the death knell. So I said that this is, that I believe that we are at the beginning of the hyperinflation because of how rapid I'm seeing the prices change. And even though they keep saying that, well, this should be the top, I think what's interesting is every time a, a new number comes out, which is every month, right? And then there are several numbers that they're tracking. They're always shocked. I mean, they haven't hit the, the nail on the head yet, but they're the ones that are driving this bus. So. Um, you are right. We are going into a deflationary period, a hyper-deflationary period, if you will. Um, but we're going to see how much pain the Fed will tolerate before they turn around and just do their pivot and inject, make what looks like ha what happened in 2020 will probably look like chump change. Just like when they did in 2020, what they did in 2008 looked like chump change. So do you think we'll see deflation across all mar all fiat markets before you'll see like a hyperinflationary moment? Well, yeah, I do. I do because the fiat markets are the intangible markets. And also, you know, they have pumped so much money into the whole system to reflate, I mean, it was targeted to reflate the system that, yes, I mean, the money is, is acting scared right now and as healthy as they keep saying that the consumer is, um, I personally don't see it just in, in upper end pockets, yes, but in lower end pockets, I don't see that things have gotten better or that those people are sitting on a lot of cash and, you know, just don't know what to do with them. So, yeah. All right. So William M. asks, when will the manipulation of gold and silver markets end? It feels like it will never end. And these <laughs> bankers and politicians and global elites just have too much power over the system. 
Well, I agree with that end part. I think they do have indeed too much power over the system. But we will get to a point where they actually need the gold to express to somewhere near its fundamental value. And again, it all goes, this is a con game. I mean, it really is that simple. This is a con game. It requires confidence. So when the confidence is lost and they need to regain the confidence again, they do the reset, the overnight revaluations um, against gold, which is, which is all value because of how many, how much use there is of it. Um, and they use, and they revalue the currencies, the fiat currencies, which have no intrinsic value against that. So we come to a point where the politicians and the bankers and the global elites actually need gold to be somewhere near its fundamental value. Uh, but we will see that when all confidence in them and the system and the currency is gone. That's when we'll see it. So in the meantime, you take advantage of all the manipulation, just like they are. Duh. It's not, it's not rocket science. Pretty easy. All right. So John Patton asks, I live in an apartment and receive a Social Security income check of $840, $841 per month. Can you give any advice on what I can do to preserve my standard of living through the reset? Well, you know, I don't really know what other assets that you might have. Um, you definitely need to have gold and silver at an equivalent level to no matter how high your cost of living might go, you want to be able to sustain it. So I don't know if you have anything else to work with. And so it's kind of hard to give you a blanket answer on that. But what I've done personally, maybe that's a better way to answer it. What I've done personally is I took a look at what my cost of living is. And so in your case, if it's $841 a month, that's what you, and, and you can sustain your standard of living on that. That's, that's all the income. So therefore I'm going to assume that's all of your expenses. Then uh, there is a certain formula based upon gold's fundamental value that would tell you how much gold you need. And, and again, I mean, just that little bit doesn't, because our strategies are customized, John. So, you know, you live in, a, in an apartment, therefore you don't have property taxes, but, you know, we'd really need, you know, call us. <laughs> call us and walk through everything, and then we can determine what you need. But I don't know what else you have to work with either. Yeah, and I would say if you have the $841 a month, if you have extra income or that, you know, that covers more than your expenses, because I'm assuming that's what you're asking. Like, I only live off $841 a month, then I would try to buy a little bit of silver, Food, yeah, silver. As, as often as you can. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You're definitely going to want some food. food. For you sure. know, I mean, it's the mantra pieces, food, water, energy, security, barterability, wealth preservation, mm -hmm. community. So I would definitely um, make sure that I would find a community near your near you that you can get involved with. There are meetup groups and those things don't really cost any money. So there are meetup groups. There are uh, there are urban gardens. I don't know where you live either. So it kind of. It kind of depends, but um, I think you need to make an, a, a connection with community. You can do some silver. You can accumulate some food. 
those things that you're going to need no matter what. Yeah. I mean, that's what you got to do. And, and barring that, if you're part of a community, then, then perhaps community members can help plug those holes that, uh, that you have. All right, Miss Redness asks, can you please talk about the car market? Will there be deflation? Should we wait or buy something now? So I actually, because I read this oh, question. Oh, this is a car guy. I'm a right. car guy, but He's a car guy. I called people that I know in the car world and asked them what they're seeing. And they said they're already starting to see little cracks in the market and that, that prices, certain certain vehicles are already, especially stuff that was higher um, higher fuel consumption, starting to see those prices coming down some, not dramatically yet, but that they were already seeing car prices coming down um, and that their prediction was that it was gonna continue to go in that direction. So I would say waiting to buy a vehicle, I mean, unless you absolutely cannot, Right. Right. I don't know I your mean, circumstances, but right. but if you have the opportunity to wait, I would definitely wait because I've I was definitely told that it we're going to start seeing deflation in that market, like that bubble starting to come down. Good. There you go. All right. So Catherine W asks, with the Russian Federation putting a floor price on gold, mm -hmm. did that happen? Do you know? Uh, it did happen, and then they and then they took it out. So it did. They did indeed put a floor underneath the price of gold by saying that this is what they would pay. Mm. Uh, and spot was above that at the time. And then maybe about two weeks after it, don't hold me to it, but something like that. Um, then they, they kind of took that floor out. So it no longer exists. So it no longer exists. Okay. So I'm not sure the rest of the question. At was, least that what was that the latest the paper, information that I had that the paper gold trade. What does it do to it? But if they removed it, I don't know that we're even going to get to see what happened there. Well, no, but here's the other part of that. You know, it really puts a floor underneath the price of gold or the spot price, right? It's a, it's just a contract, but there's a cost to mine it. And gold spot is pretty close to the cost of mining it. So it even if they push the paper price below that, because that they can do. I mean, they can create as much gold that never will exist as they want. But miners aren't going to mine at a loss. They're not going to mine at a loss. So even though Russia may have taken that particular floor out, there's still a floor underneath gold. There still is. Plus there's demand right yeah. across the global economy. And that also puts a floor in there. There's no floor if there's no demand. Right. And I don't care what the asset is. For sure. But there is no floor if there's no demand. You have demand always in gold because it has the greatest utility. All right. So live questions. Brian K. asks, will silver premiums override COMEX pricing? I'm going to let you answer that. Well, we're already that. seeing that. So the answer is yes. Yeah, we're already seeing demand high, premiums high. So it definitely overrides the spot market, right? So exactly. Anytime in the physical market, when you're saying silver premiums, you're asking about physical. So anytime that you see really high demand, tighter supply, you definitely see the premiums rise and it does override. I mean, it doesn't necessarily override the spot price because the spot price is always the indicator price that the physical market uses. But the when premiums, you're talking about bullion. Yeah. You'll always see the premiums of 
those get higher, mm-hmm. right? And then eventually, the, eventually they trend back down to their normal levels. Um, well, that depends on if the demand trends back to more normal Well, it always levels, has. Right? It always has, but doesn't mean that it always will. Thank you very much. I knew that was because what you were of, getting at. That is exactly yes. what I was getting at. You know, and people think, well, just because this has, has been happening, look at where we are in the market cycle. Because that's really what's going to tell you the next most likely outcome. And, you know, the, the CPI number came in today. And again, hotter than expected, of course. I mean, whenever you see these numbers, they're always, they didn't expect it. They just didn't expect it. So I'm wondering how smart these guys are because I expected it. Did you expect it? I'll bet you a whole bunch of people out there that are watching this expected it. But somehow the guys that are driving the bus couldn't see this coming. Just couldn't see it coming. I mean, it's it's crazy. So, yeah, I you know, where we are in the trend cycle, it's going to be interesting to see because I can't say that I have technical confirmation um, that we're at the beginning of the hyperinflation, but definitely the central bankers, and I've been saying this for a while, but now you're seeing it, that they're between a rock and hard place. Inflation is running hot globally. So they, their method to cool inflation, which quite honestly, I don't think is working this time, but uh, cause there are some countries that have raised rates a whole lot more and their inflation is still running hotter. So, uh, and there's a great chart I tweeted out this morning. Actually, if you guys haven't been watching um, my Twitter, you probably want to start watching my Twitter. So there was a great graph uh, that was on Bloomberg this morning that I took a picture of and I tweeted out. And it showed where the Fed funds rate, so the rate that the Federal Reserve controls, every time we went into some level of more rapid inflation, because Inflation is ever present in the system by design. But more rapid inflation, they raise the rates above the rate, the official rate of inflation, actually pretty substantially above it. Well, we got got a long ways to go to get to that level. Voila. And this was a long-term graph. So it was really, actually, it was really interesting. You saw the Fed, the interest rate go a little bit, but inflation is like way up here. And that's official inflation. You know, will the Fed raise the rates enough? No. Can no they way. go Can they go 9%? Can they go 9%, 10% overnight? No way. Exactly. No way. So this is a big reason why I believe that we are at the beginning phases of the hyperinflation. But to that first question about needing a deflation before we get that, or a hyperdeflation before we get that hyperinflation, Oh, I mean, look at the markets. Now, have they gone down enough? Don't think so. And even Wall Street doesn't think so. And they're rushing to try and figure this out and keep up with all the downgrades. And they can't keep up with all the downgrades. So, um, yeah, I think we may be in that. I mean, I don't know for sure yet, but it looks like it. We'll find out, won't we? All right, so John Y asks, if fiat currency can be created out of thin air with a click of the mouse mm-hmm. to lend out, then why can't it be destroyed the same way? 
Good question, because that's not the way the system is set up, that debt must be paid off, and that actually is what destroys the money in the system when you repay debts. And that's a big reason why, or it's, well, I don't know that it's a reason, probably more of an excuse why the government and the municipalities and all those guys, they never intend to pay off the debt because that would destroy the money in the system. Rather, they just roll it over and then take a little bit more, roll it over and take a little bit more. So, um, and don't worry because, you know, I mean, we, the QE really essentially was MMT, but now the whole world seems to be like saying, okay, what, why do we have to limit it to debt? Why can't we just limit the money creation to what we need? That'll be interesting. So what are you saying there? That it's not, won't be, debt won't be the basis for how it's created? Uh, I think they'll still use the debt, but they're not, there won't be any restrictions. I think that's what I'm saying. What I'm starting to read uh, quite a bit of, oh, like, no like at the IMF, right? So they're eliminating, and even in China, you know, they're talking about eliminating any limits. Mm. Well, that would certainly bring in hyperinflation, wouldn't it? Though. <laughs> okay, uh, let's wouldn't see. It, Universal <laughs> O asks, how does gold react during a depression? Well, we, I've shown you uh, graphs on that. And Edgar, if you make a note, we can do, we can pull up the graph on how gold behaves during um, inflation and also during deflation because a depression is just a severe deflation. So we can show you. So it goes up. Okay, that's what it does. It goes up. All right. Well, that's all the questions that we have for today. Okay. And, uh, you know, if you haven't already, you want to make sure that you watch part one and part two of my interview with David Dubine, who is absolutely brilliant and was, frankly, very instrumental in me even starting Indoor Gardens. The man has, he knows what he's talking about, so you don't want to miss that. We talked about supply chains, food shortages, and the climate change crisis. So I think it's a very important interview, and I encourage you to watch it if you haven't. You might want to watch it for a second time if you had. Also, stay tuned for my interview with Jay Martin. This It'll be out this Friday. In that, we discuss civil discourse, personal sovereignty, precious metals, and the importance of community. And I, I will tell you, I really enjoyed that conversation a lot. Was I not in a great mood at the end of that interview? Yeah. It was really a lot of fun, and I think you guys will really enjoy it. It was a great interview, even if I do say so myself. <laughs> Maybe that's a little arrogant. I'm sorry, but, but it was, I had well, fun. Well, you don't say that and about so, every interview, so you're allowed to say it when it's true. Okay, well, that's true. My mother used to say that, too. If it's true, you can say it. Um, but if you have not yet started your gold and silver strategy, there is that Calendly link below, and you want to click it and set up a time because this is not the time to procrastinate or hesitate or postpone. I mean, look around, you guys. You, it, it's it's obvious what's. I think it's. Is it obvious what's happening? Yeah, I okay, think it's becoming it's, more obvious to more people too. 
I, th I think I mean, so. There's people who've been, like, you've been in the know, I've been in the know for a long time about what's happening. I think it's finally coming to a, a broader awareness. Right. Right. I hope so. But if you like this, please give us a thumbs up. Make sure you leave a comment. And, and it's critically important these days to share, share, share this information. Because frankly, ignorance doesn't make you immune. It just leaves you vulnerable. And we don't really want anybody to be vulnerable. So it is absolutely time to cover your assets. And here at ITM, the foundation is real money, gold, and silver in your possession. And until next we meet, please be safe out there. Bye-bye.